Well, folks, welcome to another episode of what the heck am I going to do with my mortgage payment as the rates keep going up? No, I'm joking, but this episode is going to be a resource for you. Uh, a lot of folks out there right now are stressed out and concerned about rising interest rates, really wondering not only what are my options and what do I do, but how do I do it and how much is it going to cost me and so much more. So we covered a lot of ground here today. Uh, we talked a little bit about upcoming mortgage renewals in the next 12 to 24 months, uh, buyers who are looking to buy in this current market, uh, and obviously other considerations around debt and investments and a lot more. How to really plan strategically when it comes to your mortgage Payment. There's some really key stuff in here today that we talk about in our planning sessions that go quite deep. And so I know you're going to get a lot of value about this because everybody listening to this either has a mortgage, is uh, going to get a mortgage, or has already applied to get one and it is approved. So certainly a lot of feedback here and a lot of good stuff to, to chew on. Folks, these episodes, as always, are uh, work of, uh, well, basically our outside of office hours here. Here I am in the evening, uh, late on Monday night, recording this introduction, making sure that you guys are getting really the best information. If you're loving the podcast, do me one favor, hop on Spotify, hop on iTunes and give us a rating. Obviously, we'd love a five-star review and rating. And if you are, do give us a great review, send us a screenshot of that over to our Instagram, the YVR Remo Show, and we'll send you a little uh, little prize, a little thank you for doing so. Uh, we really like that and we really appreciate that. And we love the feedback. So share away. You're in for another fantastic episode today. Enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. So how do you even make a decision in this market right now? Things are changing almost on a daily basis. The market's moving on, a, honestly, an hour-by-hour -hour basis. Real estate prices changing, interest rates changing, um, the government making moves. It's it's just been a crazy roller coaster here this summer here. And the most interesting thing about all of it, it just seems like no one really even cares. But obviously, that's not true. People do care and they, they definitely want to know and understand what's going on right now because usually when people don't understand something, there's a lot of fear. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm seeing in the day-to-day -day right now around real estate and mortgage decisions is, is indecision and fear leading to indecision, which is why today we're gonna to talk a little bit about uh, essentially how to analyze and make a decision in a changing rate environment. Even what we do every single day, we get new information, we get new um, insights. There's obviously world events and economic events that come out that impact you know, lenders, rates, terms, policies, things like that on a, such a fast moving basis that it's it's something where it's important for you to consider how you make a decision when you think about your mortgage, when you think about your real estate, when you think about doing. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, you know, how to look at your renewals, uh, your your existing uh, mortgage right now, if you should make a change, your upcoming purchases, um, you know, fixed variable, all that kind of fun stuff. And is this going to be a really key conversation that people are going to want to think about, which uh, we haven't talked about enough lately and certainly just some fundamentals of making a decision in a changing environment. So let's get into it um, right now and talk a little bit about what exactly is going on in the overall market. So first things first, I mean, Derek, we can just leading into it. Let's just do a snapshot right now. 
last six months, you know, interest rates on the fixed and variable rate side, what are the trends that you've seen and, and just what are you seeing right now? I mean, rates are up, market's low, and we're talking condensed to, you know, Fraser Valley, Metro Vancouver. I think that's, you know, there's different markets. Alberta, as an example, is doing really well right now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it's not a secret. Rates are up, you know, in general, fixed rates are ranging from four and a half to five and a half percent. The Bank of Canada made a big rate increase on July 13th. They did 1%, which we haven't seen in decades. Uh, that puts most variable mortgages, depending on if you're insured or conventional, 38 to 4.5%, kind of in that range. Um, I think with all of that, it's that plus it is summer. We have to keep in mind, summer is usually slower, right? People are on vacation, kids are out of school. So that I'm sure that plays a part. Um, but there's a lot of skepticism, you know, people are unsure of where the market's going that, you know, the media blows it up like the market's crashing. Um, on our side, we're seeing a lot of people just get prepped, like people want to take advantage of what's happening, even though rates are higher. So we are pre-approving a ton of people and they're just paying attention. They're watching if they see a property that works and it makes sense and they can afford it, even with inflated rates. We do have clients that are buying properties right now at a discount. Uh, and I think a lot of people are just trying to wait for the bottom, right? Which who knows, typically when, when we know it's the bottom, everyone knows it's the bottom and then it starts to go up and it, it might be a little bit too late because it's going to be a bidding war. But that's kind of just in general, that's what we're seeing. We are seeing a lot of people just kind of get prepped right now. Yeah, I would say preparation is, is definitely like a, a common theme, especially for investor clients. I found our investor client database has really become a lot more active than maybe they would have been during the the really busy months and and obviously it's because they feel like there is opportunity here um when it comes to just even just having time uh, we talked about this quite a bit just the time to be able to do your proper due diligence not be rushed not have to pay over asking price um starting to see you know price decreases are really across the board in most uh, municipalities in, in the lower mainland and so from an investor standpoint i think they're just kind of getting you know really excited about the, the chance to find something for a deal. Uh, we haven't really talked about a deal in, in quite some time. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of which, so obviously the theme of today's conversation is is uh, how to make those decisions and what to look at it and, and, what, and who's making those decisions right now. It's interesting, you know, Dean, that you, you mentioned investors getting ready or getting prepared because as well, I mean, the three of us know this because we talk all the time, but that's generally speaking a small minority of the overall people who who are buying or consider buying investment properties say a year ago you know a year ago people that were looking to buy investment properties were often buying like their first investment property or just kind of getting interested and, and a lot of what was happening in the market with house prices going up and interest rates being so low prompted a lot of people to say hey can i get access to my equity can i can I do this? But to your point, yeah, a lot of the folks right now that we're seeing who are, who are looking at those decisions are ones who are calculated. They understand the market and they're not afraid to move forward, which is obviously a much smaller percentage of people. So let's circle back for a quick second here and let's talk about, you know, just generally speaking, what are the things that are causing people to have fear in their mortgage decisions right now? And where are the areas that they have to make these decisions? I, I think that the obvious one right now is just generally speaking, someone looking to uh, purchase a, a family home um, and and get into the market uh, as or, or sorry move up in the market generally speaking those types of people are a lot of who we see on a day-to-day -day basis these people are buying you know let's say their first property and or or making the move up so I mean let's just start with first-time home buyers looking to get into the market right now it's been an interesting market I've seen more first-time buyers buy real estate in the last uh, few months than I've seen in the last like I don't know year it just seems like that's a big thing but 
there's a lot of stress and concern around those people around like how to make a mortgage decision. So let's table this. Like, what are we talking about here? From my side of things, like the thing that I like about first time buyers and their attitudes for the most part is they weren't in the market two years ago or a year and a half ago when rates were at 1%. Like they're not coming into this going like, oh my God, these rates are so expensive. It's unrealistic because they're not used to having that. Right. So they're coming into this and, and the conversation has to be around budget and explaining that rates are inflated and why. But for them, they're most of the time, like they're looking at the payment. Right. And we just explain that rates might get a little bit higher, you know, if you're in a, an adjustable rate mortgage. But if you're going fixed for, you know, two, three years and you can afford this and this property makes sense for you, it's probably only going to get better at renewal, probably. Um, you know, and I think the other piece is, you know, just common kind of theme of buying a property, as long as you're getting into something for at least three to five years, even if you bought a property right now for 400,000 and, you know, in six months, it's worth 375, that sucks, not ideal, but you're not going to panic and sell your house because of that. Right. So as long as it's a relative, relatively long-term play, most of the time it'll come back and you will profit on that property. Right. So a lot of first time buyers are kind of grasping that, but you know, you have, parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts and in younger people's ears talking about the 1980s and what happened. And, and I think it's okay to have fear. I think everyone should be a little bit skeptical, but you got to talk to a professional. And I think it's just, you got to understand your worst case scenario. Like, you know, we're talking about making decisions today, understand your worst case scenario with everything you're doing. And if you can stomach that, it's probably going to be okay. Right. Whether it be rates or property values declining or, you know, having a bad tenant for a little while, like understand what your actual worst case scenario is. And it's usually a good way you can sleep at night. As a first time home buyer, like, again, just to echo your point, like they really don't have much to compare from because they've never owned a home. So maybe the best comparison is like, what is the average rent rates? And you'd be probably surprised to know, like the average rent market is actually pretty comparable to what you would be paying in a mortgage plus you know strata and whatnot it's, it's actually very close so you know just that as a comparison alone could bring you some comfort in paying you know what we you know what the the, the market is saying is a higher interest rate uh market but in reality it's like well what are we comparing this to 100 percent interest as a renter um so it's something to just kind of take take a step back and and just kind of push out the noise and and ultimately just say okay well what am what am i comparing this to do like lo like look at your own life yeah, I mean, from a lifestyle perspective, obviously one of the biggest considerations for most folks that are moving to their first property is that there's a lot, a lot's going to happen in the next three, five, seven, ten years of their lives. Um, but you know, again, we can only speak to certain areas of the market. I can't speak to somebody who's in like a small town, Ontario, or or something of that nature. But to your point, guys, like we're living in one of the most expensive uh, markets in in British Columbia, and in some cases, obviously, Alberta is increasing in price point. But for most people that are thinking about getting into the market, I'm at least the people that I work on a day-to-day -day basis, they seem to be much more clear on their budget than ever before. They seem to be much more aware of the five, seven, 10 year lifespan of real estate. And, and I think the biggest fear for most people literally just comes down to the smallest thing and it's like fixed or variable and like term length. The, the, the consistent themes that we see on a regular basis, especially first time, first time buyers, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you'd agree with this, but first time buyers it, it, typically, uh, I would say make a change faster in their term. And um, how should I put this? I, don't, I wouldn't say uh, quicker per se uh, in terms of like making the decision, but they're generally a shorter timeline 
that they're going to make a change than someone who's buying like their third or fourth property or something of that nature. Uh, you know, two years out, three years out, a lot of these folks are at that point where it's like, hey, if the market changed, I'd make a decision right now, I'd move. Or I'm going to stick somebody in here and I'm going to move out and do something. So specifically first-time buyers, when they're making decisions, they should have a long-term mindset, but definitely short-term outlook when it comes to picking their mortgage product. Two-year term, maybe three-year term, maybe go something flexible on a variable rate or something like that. And that provides you with a lot more comfort. To your point, I think both of you guys mentioned this. The biggest mistake most people make when they're getting their first home is they look at folks who bought homes 20, 30, 40 years ago, or maybe haven't even actually gone to apply for a mortgage or really have to stress test themselves in the past 10 or 15 years, like their parents or their uncle or something. And there's no context at play because these people probably didn't even need to qualify A, on a stress test. B, they probably have 50% equity in their homes. And then in addition to that, their earning potential is dramatically greater. So again, when you're somebody walking into the market for the first time, it's good to ask for advice, but just consider what these people's, um, I guess, history is and what the basis of their information is. Is it just like, hey, this is what happened to me or this is what's happening now? On the flip side of all this, you got to consider you got to consider yourself as a first-time homebuyer going back five years ago. If When we look at 2016, 2017, there's a lot of first-time homebuyers that are now coming up for renewal. And, and when you consider those folks looking at their renewal rates versus what they got back in 2016, 2017, those are the people that are really having a challenge with the mindset of interest rates. Like, you know, what we were just talking about with first-time buyers today, like, again, they don't have much to compare about. But now if you're a first-time homebuyer now dealing with your renewal five years later, from that 2016 2017 market we're going from you know potentially a rate of 2.49 and your bank's offering you a rate of you know the high four percent range maybe even five percent like what you know how are we how are we you know dealing with that i i found those conversations to be the most challenging for people to wrap their head around what has occurred and then ultimately what do i do and 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 my advice to a lot of those people is locking in for another five-year term at these rates is not what I would be doing, especially if I have plans to to sell. Uh, if, I, if I'm thinking about selling or upsizing in the next one to five years, there's no way I'd be signing a, a five-year term at these rates. Uh, at these fixed rate, uh, you know, 5% range is just insane. Um, because of course, like, let's think about the penalty structure on those. It's going to be, it's going to be a, gig a gigantic penalty to break a mortgage like that. Let's talk. Let's get really deep in that then. So, so Dean, you brought up a good point. Let's frame that. So, so basically, there's a lot of people that are coming up for renewal on their mortgages that signed, as you mentioned, 2017 is the year now, 2022, even 2018. People are coming up in the next 12 months and they're like, okay, my rates at the time were like mid twos, low twos. It wasn't until 2018 that we saw rates kind of bump up again above 3%. So, a lot of these folks, like you mentioned, are in the twos. You know, fast forward, we're five years later. Um, and so what type of options do these folks have to consider or what is available for them right now uh, to consider if they're worried about the cost going up because the actual cost of borrowing is going to increase. So let's talk about it. What are their options? Well, if someone bought where we live five years ago, you've made a ton of money on your property, right? So like as much as you're going to be paying extra interest for who knows how long, maybe a year, maybe two years, you've probably made like three or $400,000 on your property. So all things considered, your investment is still amazingly sound. And because you have that extra equity, we now have options to refinance, restructure. Like every time that we talk to someone and they're like, hey, things are getting pretty tight, like someone in an adjustable rate mortgage, the first thing that we say is like, okay, well, you know, how can we look at this? Do you have a car loan? Like, what is your spending like? Do some personal budgeting, right? So 
just back to Alex's point, what options do you have? At renewal or even prior to renewal, but there will be a penalty, you have the option to restructure, re-amortize out to 30 years. We've actually seen a couple lenders starting to do 35-year amortization, mostly on the B side. Um, but you can re-amortize to, to bring your payments down. You can consolidate debt. You know how many people have a thousand dollar car loan? That's 60 grand or 70 grand. Like throw that into your mortgage. Now it becomes, you know, 300 bucks a month. Like there's ways that even if it doesn't necessarily make sense, even if your car loan's at 1%, if it's a budgeting thing and a cash flow piece, like these are awesome options just to get through this time that we're dealing with, right? Because this isn't going to last forever. So as much as it might cost you a little bit of extra interest or what have you, there are 100% options if you have equity in your property to extend. We've had some people that don't qualify to redo their mortgage. So like we've actually done small $30,000, $40,000 second mortgages just to give them some cash to get through this time, right? And then we can relook at it down the road. Those are some of the options that I've been uh, seeing, you know, come up quite often. I think it's just really important to know what your plan is over the next one to three years at a minimum. Um, really understand that because going into another fixed rate product at, at renewal could really hurt you from a from a penalty structure. So I just really want to emphasize that is just really do some planning over the next six months. If your renewal is coming up and, you know, like because you did your mortgage in 2018, you have 12 months or more to plan for that. So, so start planning, like really start to think about like, what are your plans over the next one to three years? Um, that, that would be probably where I would start first and foremost. And part of that would, would, would definitely include a budget, like yep. budgeting, like where are you at financially from everything that you have going on? Not just your mortgage. We always just get so fixated on our mortgage, our mortgage payment and our interest rate, you know, the interest rate on your mortgage, even in today's market is probably the lowest interest rate you're paying on every other product you have. So yeah. really, really consider like your budget. And we have some great budgeting tools that we can share with you. So reach out and we're happily, we'll share anything like that, that we have to any of our listeners, because those things are that, that tool, that budget tool um, will really, really uh, change your life. If you, if you stick to it. So like getting right into it, then uh, to your point, uh, let's let's quantify this. So again, we're talking about an interest rate potential increase for folks who in a fixed rate mortgage around two and a half percent. They might be going up to a rate of, as you mentioned, anywhere between four and a half to five and a half percent. Now, the general sentiment for most people is that their mortgage payment is going to go up by, you know, if it was let's say a five hundred thousand dollar loan, a lot of people have the mindset that their payment's going to go up like double or somewhere near double, which as we know, your mortgage payment is not going from $2,500 to $5,000. But that's the feeling that a lot of folks that I talk about right now are giving me, hey, like if I sell and buy right now, my mortgage payment's gonna go up by you know, two times or, or, or some crazy number like that. I think it's super important to quantify that and put it into dollars, as you mentioned. I mean, Derek, let's say, you know, as, a, as you mentioned, like a first time buyer bought a property there for 500 grand, $25,000, uh, down 475 mortgage, you know, at 25 year amortization back in 2017, right? With that mortgage rate, they would have paid off, you know, obviously a portion of their principal, maybe they've taken on some debt or something of that nature. Let's say they were a little bit worried about where things are at right now. Now, what the, again, the biggest concern that I'm hearing is that if I re renew or restructure right now, my mortgage payment's going to go up from say 24, 2,500 bucks to like four grand. But as we know, if someone was to pay off five years, we're going, we're now at 20 years. So to your point, we take that 20 year amortization, stretch it all the way up to 30 years, and they're actually paying less now than they were before. But the biggest concern from a lot of folks that I hear is I don't want to go back to 30 year amortization. That's scary. 
And that's, that's, that's worrisome. Like, what does that look like for me? What, do, what are you saying to that when someone suggests that feedback to you? No matter what the situation, we typically suggest a 30 year amortization just so that you have the lowest possible payment to fall back on. Cause like life is life. Things can happen. Someone could lose a job. So it's nice to be able to go back to that. But every single lender that we work with is going to offer a minimum of 15% prepayment per year. So like a $500,000 mortgage, you could pay down $75,000 each year without being penalized, which is way more than 99.9% .9 of people can actually do. Um, so it's just, it's a strategy, right? Like get that fallback low payment. But then if you really want to speed up your amortization, call the bank and increase your payments, do lump sum payments. But I tell everyone like, we can talk about this all day and it can sound great and you can be motivated to do it, but if you don't do it, you don't do it, right? And it's shocking how many people, cause we do annual review calls, like with every single client, we offer a consultation call to go over where things are at. And most people don't take action to do that. So I actually bring that up in a lot of my conversations now cause people need to take that extra step, right? It's just, it's so easy to get used to that lowest payment. And then sure enough, you're back on the 30 year amortization that you didn't want. That's such a good point. And so just, I ran the numbers while you were saying that just to give everybody, the listeners some feedback. So if someone took out a mortgage at 2.49% or something like that, uh, five years ago, uh, their, their mortgage would be, their balance today would be around again, assuming 25,000 down. We're not using CMHC here. So just in case everybody wonders, just a quick little uh, idea, you're looking at a $395,000 balance at the end of the term. So $395,000 at the end of your five-year commitment based on around a 2.49% rate. If someone was to re-amortize that loan today, even if they took out a, the worst case scenario, five-year fixed in the five and a half percent range, their monthly payments around $2,200. That's the worst case scenario. So that means ultimately their payment actually remains very much the same as it was before or almost identical in doing that. The drawback obviously is now that individual is paying off their mortgage slower, but for the listener to you, what you mentioned, obviously do the prepayments, look at those considerations. But even if that, in that worst case scenario, the original loan was at 470. In five years from now, that new loan is somewhere around 360. So they're still paying off 30, $35,000 worth of principal. And if we go with a two-year term or something of that nature, you know, ultimately we're in a situation where maybe the rates go down in two years or three years. The biggest thing that I notice that people forget, and I, I don't, I think it's just kind of like you get stuck in this silo all the time. The biggest concern that most people have is now I'm paying it like this for 30 years. Not the case, folks. Like not the case. Remember, rates go up. Rates go down, you can restructure them. You have times of greater earning potential and times of lower earning potential. You have to do what makes sense for that situation. Yeah, the, the funny thing too is like, everyone that's ever said that to me, like, I don't wanna have a 30 year mortgage. I'm like, okay, are you gonna live here forever? Like, are you actually gonna have this mortgage forever? Is that your plan? And, and most people are like, no, I wanna upsize in like three years. I'm like, okay, well, you're taking on a 30 year mortgage when you get into that next bigger property, you're gonna need it, right? So I think that's another thing. It's like, as much as, that's the right approach. You should try to pay your mortgage down as quickly as you can. Depending on your age and your situation, most people are not paying off that mortgage that they have today, right? And most people are not staying on that amortization if you have plans to move or do something bigger, better, or smaller, or whatever, right? The one important thing with an amortization is I would stretch it out as much as I possibly can. I know 35-year amortizations are starting to be talked about again. Um, those were very common when we, you know, when we first started doing mortgages in this industry. I would take them, you know, depending on what the premium is, we don't know if there's going to be a premium attached to those longer amortizations. But even if there is like that sets your minimum payment threshold on your credit bureau at that X amount. So if you are planning on buying more rental properties, growing your portfolio, you want to be debt servicing for the minimum amount of 
mortgage payment possible. Uh, and, and you can, you can play around with the payments. If you ultimately say, Hey, like, I'm just going to take this 30 years so I can maximize my qualification, but I still want to pay my mortgage off in 25 years. No problem. I mean, you have prepayment privileges that you can explore. You can make extra lump sum payments every on the same day, every month that your current payment comes out. Like you can really play around with these mortgage tools that the mortgage lenders give you, like use them, uh, and, and use them to your benefit and, and qualification would be the number one thing I'd be thinking about if I'm trying to grow my portfolio. Well said, well said. Okay, so we touched on some folks that are first time buyers getting into the market. Uh, we talked a little bit on, you know, if your renewal is coming up here, what are some things to consider? Obviously, there's so many unique situations. There's no way we're going to get through all of them here, but we'll try to table in on, on refinances and the power of the restructuring of the mortgage as well uh, before ending the call and making that decision. So just a general sentiment right now um, about rates and terms and, and so forth. So uh, we, I mean, we've talked about it for the last 20 minutes here, but interest rates have risen. We know it is what it is. Historically speaking, in the last 10 years, we're, we're near the upper bound of the last 10 years, but we're not, you know, we're not double rates from 2005 or 2006. We're still obviously lower than the 2000s uh, range uh, of interest rates. I think the biggest thing that there's the biggest fear that I'm t hearing from people when it comes to the mortgage rates, besides what their monthly payment is is that it's just going to keep going up and up and up and up and up and up and it's constantly now everybody's parents or grandparents now at this point who's like i lived in the 80s i remember i hear that probably 10 times a day at this point like i lived in the 80s or my dad lived in the 80s and like fantastic i was born in the 80s it's a different financial environment it's, it's a different world right now but like at the end of the day okay so like what can we do to kind of provide people with context around interest rates and where they're at right now and what to look at and how do they make a decision how do they make a decision right now? I think the first thing just to touch on is just generally speaking, what's happening with the Bank of Canada. Um, what I hear from people is, hey, the rates are going to go up to 8, 10%, 10, 12%, 12, 14%. And obviously, I'm not going to refute and say that never on earth could that ever happen. But we have to think about the context of who they're going to impact here. It's not just you and I with a mortgage. There are, are obviously thousands of businesses in the country that rely on borrowing money. And their intention is to not put people out of business and out of homes, but to slow down spending and slow down inflation. And if there's anything we know to be true, it's that the government is reactive and not proactive. So by making these changes and increasing interest rates right now, it's a lag. And there's probably gonna be three to six months before the real impact is had. There is a point at which they will stop. And it's probably within the next six to 12 months at somewhere around 1% above today. And they're gonna basically let things sit as they are because there's only so much you can do by raising rates until you obviously have a really negative impact on the market. So I'd say like, first and foremost, for all those people really concerned that rates are gonna triple from today, it's not going to happen. Like you're not gonna have that concern. I mean, obviously crossed my fingers, but <laughs> almost impossible. Yeah, and I mean, for everyone that's trying to pay attention to this stuff and you're trying to follow interest rates, another key factor that you should be paying attention to is the inflation rate, right? Because like, in general, the rates are increasing to slow down inflation. And I believe it's mid-month, they released the previous month's inflation rate. So like June was 8.1%. And I think that's the highest we've had in a very long time. So, you know, in the next 10 days, I would imagine they're gonna be releasing July. And I think as soon as we, this is just my prediction, as soon as we start to see inflation curve in the right direction, I think that we'll probably see rates flatten out. And then as inflation falls, they don't want inflation to hit zero. That's not the goal. They want to get down to two to 3%. And they're going to have to lower rates as inflation's falling to try to balance it out, right? Like historically, there's an, a good article on Financial Post. There's a good, uh, that mentions historically the rate cycles 
in whatever situation typically lasts 13 months. And I mean, we have to consider that we're already ready, already like six months into this one, right? So not that this is based on history because we've dealt with a pandemic and trillions of dollars printed be due to that. Um, but, you know, we might not be as far away um, from this normalizing as, as a lot of people might think. One thing we can with history is like it, it does repeat itself, especially in this area. I mean, yeah, we have other factors that are that are potentially causing different you know outcomes. But we were definitely behind in raising rates our, and, and almost every expert in the in the industry would tell you like we should have been raising interest rates a year prior to when we started. And so we, we attacked inflation and we were already too far behind inflation. And in all these situations, you know, going back to history where the, these same mistakes were made, where the, the, the Bank of Canada was behind on inflation, they weren't raising rates early enough, and then we got behind it and now we're just chasing it. And then our, our economy ultimately fell into a recession, you know, not like a deep recession, but like there are terms like light recessions, like there are there are like that's what we're seeing right now and 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 so what those cycles showed us is that we did see a deep decline on rates yeah like pretty much what I, what it went up by it almost came down by the same or more yeah. which is really shocking so you know are we going to see that exact same thing happen again well we saw we literally just saw the same exact thing happen with the raising of the rates like they they literally repeated their mistakes of history so should we expect the same outcome? I mean, I think we should expect something very similar. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I always say the same thing when I'm talking to clients. Well, I don't say always say the same thing, but I say a lot of the same things when it comes to that actual point, which is that obviously history does not guarantee the future, but it provides a lot of evidence. There's a lot of cookie crumbs and we follow a similar track record if you look at the same thing repeating over and over and over again, especially to your point, Dean, if it is, uh, you know, in fact, both you guys mentioned this, but at the end of the day, if it, this, this is in fact a lagging indicator, if they're raising rates right now and the reality is the job reports come out six months late or three months late, well, guess what? They're going to raise rates too much. They're going to have to slow down and they're going to have to reverse course and put things back. Well, listen, we don't expect things to go back to 2020 here with rates at one 1% or 0.9%. Percent, um, but I think the most common uh, thing that I try to remind people is to have uh, there, there's somewhere in between that and where we are right now. That's where we're going to land. And so, if you're making a decision right now, you have a long-term mindset, but a short-term understanding that things will turn around. Uh, folks, consider shorter-term mortgages. They used to be the sexiest thing alive before banks started pushing the five-year fix back in the early 2012 to 2015 range. That's when they really started being a big thing. Um, if you're going, I mean, we didn't even talk about this. We'll do another episode on this conversation here. But if you're in a variable rate, you're really stressed out about the adjustable payments. Um, you know, take solace in the fact that we're probably close to the top. But you know, it is impacting some families and folks. Consider refinancing now, going into either a static variable rate or a short-term fix or something like that. And then, you know, one, two, three years from now, if the discounts improve, you've set yourself up in a situation where you can restructure again and take advantage of that while not impacting your budget, right? So there's a lot of things that you can do too. Yeah, I mean, we've been having a ton of those conversations right now just because, you know, the people in, in adjustable rate mortgages, the payments have increased. And, you know, we live in a very expensive area, which means that there's very big mortgages, which means that when these rates change, like it can be pretty dramatic. Uh, I had a client call me last week and her payments increased by 1600 bucks, right? On a $1.4 million mortgage. And, and that's really impacting them. So we're, you know, we're kind of restructuring and, and the rates are a little bit higher and we're going to be moving them over into a, a static payment variable where even if rates go up and down, the payments do not change. 
And just one thing that I've, I've had a lot of these questions because it's like, okay, you know, there's a cost. There's a three-month interest penalty to break your current mortgage. There's legal fees, potentially an appraisal. Uh, and most people are jumping into a slightly higher interest rate. And I think the best way you can think about that is it's an insurance policy, right? Like an insurance policy you pay for, but if you never use it, it's a waste of money, right? But so like, you know, the whole thing is like, nobody can predict where, where things are going. We don't know if there's going to be a 1% rate hike on September 7th or if rates are going to flatten out. We don't know. So if you do all this right now, you have to think of it like an insurance policy. You have to be comfortable spending those costs, knowing the product that you're getting into. And if rates do go up, awesome. That insurance policy was well worth it, right? But if they flatline and you're good, at the end of the day, that's a good thing. But yes, you've thrown a little bit of money in the garbage but you provide yourself some comfort just knowing that you're not going to have to weather increasing payments. Remember, this is your livelihood. Listen, like at the end of the day, you're still contributing towards principal. It's not all interest. It's not like you're buying a car here that's going to devalue in five years, right? You're buying a house that five, 10 years from now, or you're living in a house at five, it's going to keep going up in value. You're not making interest only payments for most people. And that's the biggest thing that I try to don't hammer through is, again, we're not just spending money on silly things or frivolous things. We're putting you into a better quality of life. And man, if you have kids and or like, I don't know, maybe you don't have kids, but if you're in a situation in your life where you're, you're stretched out right now for the next few years, you have a place to live, you have a place to call home, why stress the heck out of yourself? Why not consider restructuring, put yourself into a better financial situation, do a little reset, and then come back and, and circle back and set your budget for when you're in a better time. Just make sure to set those targets. And that's the most important thing. Set those targets so that you can move forward in the future. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a big part there, Derek. And, and you really kind of explained it really well with the uh, with the insurance policy, well laid out. Uh, folks, if, you, if you're in a mortgage right now and you're coming up in the next two years, you should be talking to us. Let's just keep it really short and sweet reach out to the team at thrivemortgage.ca check us out on instagram we're always posting helpful information like this and and like listen if you're loving the pod just keep listening along for folks that are investors uh or looking to invest in real estate and you're wondering about your mortgage decisions we got a couple episodes coming up in the next few weeks and months on what that looks like and where to consider looking at your mortgage going forward as always guys thanks so much for listening to the show we'll look forward to seeing you next time from alex dean Derek. talk to you all soon